the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Apostle Paul has an awful lot to say about ministry, including the reasons for ministry. It's all located here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's take a look at it together, shall we? The ministry of Valley Bible Church right here in Hercules. This is Truth For Today. Hi there, and welcome to the program. Our time together will take us back to 2 Corinthians. We're in chapter 5, looking at verses 11 through 21. Now, the message is called The Reasons for Ministry, taken from our series out of 2 Corinthians called Bruised While Blessing. Won't you join us and be encouraged in the Word of God? Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. According to Galatians 3, when I come before God, He no longer asks me what gender I am. He doesn't ask me what my ethnicity is. He doesn't ask if I'm rich or poor. He said, I see you clothed in Christ. Come on up. Let's talk. What did I put on? What's new? I'm seen in Christ. I'm declared righteous before God. I've been redeemed from the slavery of sin. I'm crucified with Christ and risen with him. I become a member of God's family and a co-heir with Christ. I'm a member of the royal cabinet. I'm going to help him reign over the nations. I'm going to help him judge all people. 1 Corinthians 6, we shall judge men and angels someday. The saints, the saints, us. I'm forgiven, adopted, sealed, booked for heaven. And in a moment, that all happened to me just when I believed the gospel. You see, there's a lot of step programs. Twelve steps probably helped millions of people fight alcohol. and A program here and that. But Paul didn't know the twelve-step program. He only knew the one-step one. Christ alone will change you. You will no longer be what you were. You will no longer be a drunk. You'll no longer be a slave to sin. You will no longer. We don't hardly believe it in the church. But God changes people eternally that he saves. He changes us from crooks, from immoral, from drunks, from drug addicts. Quit acting like our gospel does not save. It saves. If you would only believe it. And if you'd only share it. It saves. I'm not afraid of you, drug addict. I've got the cure. That's why we want you to come to this church. We're going to tell you a plan that you will get rid of the old and you will put on the new. One man said everybody was being amazed about Jesus turning water to wine. He said, oh, that's nothing. He said, in my house, he turned Jack, uh, Daniels into milk for my kids. I quit being at the bar. I quit spending my check every week. Now I feed my kids. I quit whipping my wife. All because I met Jesus through a gospel preacher. My mother lived with such a man. He was a 
uh, a drunk Irish coal miner in Missouri and Oklahoma, but in the last years of his life, while he's dying of TB, God saved her father. No more fights. No more drunkenness. As the old gospel song said, that day I got saved, Doug Oldham would say, I went where my little boy and girl used to run and hide. They now run to me. I got a gospel, Paul said, that takes a man or a woman, and they went from this to this in a moment when they believed Christ. Just think, I could be a thief and go from going to hell to paradise if I get one word from Jesus. I'll see you in paradise. You notice he didn't say, I'll see you in the in-between. I'll see you there. Oh, I wish we believed half of what we preach. I don't care if you take notes. I wish God would burn your heart with this. He finally says, I go through what I'm going through because I want to see men reconciled to God. And he says that that word reconciliation, we could be there all day. It's a, but, but listen to this. God, who reconciled him to himself, this is the Father, through his Son, gave us, the apostle, Christian workers, gave us the ministry, the message, the opportunity of reconciling men to God. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. Not counting people's sins against them. This is my message. God has charged another with your sins. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He has put it in the hands of the people who were his enemies. Preach this good news to fellow sinners. Tell them I'm not charging them with their sins. I've charged it to my son. Oh, we don't get it. We don't get it. Your sins are not being charged to you. Romans 4, Paul said... David said, blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not charge him for his sins. Oh, if you believed it, oh, this place would be packed and we'd be winning our family. We'd be running. You couldn't stop. You wouldn't be a drag up artist. There's no other message that will change a man. There's no other message. I don't care. Come up with all the philosophies. No message can turn a pagan into a worshiper of the Lamb. That take, get them out of the prostitution brothels of Corinth and get them leading sisters to the Lord. Get them off a second in McDonald, drunken in their own vomit, and turn them into a saint that loves the Word of God. Only Jesus in this message. Only this. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. All that we believed it. All that we believed it. We get weary of it. Oh, I don't want to. How many on the mercy team? Well, let's see. Uh, there's Aisha. When she's about seven months pregnant, she'd be there. And we had another sister. I can't don't see her. And that'd be me, Sean, Edwin. 
for a church of a thousand people, there'd be five of us, two of our sisters, a paid pastor that gets paid to be good. The rest of you are good for nothing. Uh, and, and so, you know, this is the evangelism outreach of this church. Because the rest don't believe it's that, that important to share it. It doesn't set anybody free. Maybe you don't, you haven't been reconciled yet. Are you here and you're still in sin? You're still, you've never accepted the terms of the reconciliation. Listen, and he has committed to us, the church, the apostle, of course, beginning with him. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You call home your ambassadors when you're ready to declare war. You send ambassadors when you're trying to make peace. And he said, God is not yet totally at war. He's got his ambassadors in the world. You and I. As though God (laughs) were making his appeal through us. Can you imagine that God would beg men to come to Christ through us? We implore you. We beg you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him, God the Father made him who had no sin to be sin. He didn't make him a sinner. He made him sin. He never sinned. But he, he transferred our guilt, our liabilities to him And at the same time, he transferred his riches, his righteousness, his standing to us. In one moment, I want you to know the work's finished. 2,000 years ago, I nailed your debt to my son. In time, I'll make it yours. You just got to believe him. But the work's been done. There's nothing yet to be done. A man came to a tent revivalist in the Midwest and they were breaking down the tent. They'd been preaching there for weeks. And he came, uh, when they were breaking down the tent, they're ready to move on. And he came to the evangelist and said, wait, wait, you can't be leaving. The guy said, it's too late. We're, we're, We're moving on to the next town. And the guy said, what can I do? What can I do to be saved? He said, you're too late, you're too late. And the man began to cry out, said, wait. Wait, wait, what can I, he said, what can I do? He said, you can't do anything. It's been done 2,000 years ago. You just have to believe and receive it. God took the initiative to reconcile us, to bring us home. I did the sinning, he did the saving. It's like the man trying to join a Calvinistic church and they asked him, said, how did you get saved? He said, I did my part and God did his part. And the Calvinistic brother got a little offended and said, well, uh, what do you mean? He said, well, I did the sinning and the running and God did the chasing and the saving. That was, that's my part. He reconciled sinners. And when he did that, that people debate, well, God didn't have to be reconciled. But theologically, before it's over, there's something that happened to God at the cross. He said, I don't have to hate them anymore, though I hate their sins. And I don't have to, um, I won't have to chase them to hell anymore. 
I'll send preachers to preach because I'm no longer angry. I've been satisfied. And so he sent preachers. He sent missionaries to preach. You know, uh, what I miss about my roots, as my father said, we grew up with a lot of corn-fed, ignorant preachers. That's what my dad would say. And he was a fourth grade educated man himself. But none of our preachers in the Pentecostal groups I ran with were educated. They did good if they owned Matthew, Henry, and a Cruden's Concordance. If they had ten books they owned, they were doing good. But it's the last place I ever heard preachers preach and cry at the same time. Come to Jesus. I'm begging you, son. Come. Come. And it'd be like they're preaching right to me. Right to me. I, I resisted many a time, and I would say as an unsaved boy, even going to church, God help me, I don't want to get saved tonight. I would tell him. I, I'm not ready to break up with my girlfriend. I'm not ready to break up with the guys I run around to steal and fight with. And I know I'm going to be moved because they sing softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling come home. I can't stand it. It breaks my heart. There was so so much emotion in the begging of sinners. I actually heard preachers, they were poor preachers, but great beggars. What I'm afraid most of our churches are, we've lost the begging. We've lost weeping preachers because the conservative white church is so afraid of emotion that it's dead. The balance, the balance we want around here, we want doctrinal truth, and I want experience. And the church seemed to teeter-totter between that. What happened in our elders' meeting yesterday is God decided to kiss the earth, and we were in the middle of the smack. Heaven came down in that prayer meeting. I can't describe it. I can't describe it. I used to go to services. People say, how was the service? I said, we can't describe it. You had to be there. In many churches, you simply say, well, they read the bulletin and they droned on for 40 minutes. I was no closer to heaven being there than if I'd been at a bar. Because we've lost the fear of God. We've lost the love of God. We've lost believing God can make a new creation out of you. And we're not preaching good news. I am with this. Seeing so many World War II movies and just watching one recently. What's the one? The Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge or something. Incredible story of a conscientious objector. How he served in that war. But so many war pictures. You see uh, them delivering the mail on the behalf of a grateful nation. We are thankful for the life of your son who at 19 took a bullet in the head in Iwo Jima. My wife's father was there. We want to thank you. His body will be coming. And we'll give you a wrapped flag to say we thank you that he took a bullet for the United States of America. 
And when you see some of these pictures, every delivery is another death sentence. Mothers. I mean, they're emotional. Carolyn's uncle was captured in the Philippines early by the Japanese. He was captured about 1940, 41 in there. When we just started, when we just entered the conflict with Japan, he was captured. And he was engaged to Mildred before the war. And uh, after serving in a concentration camp, infected with amoebic dysentery, he went from what he weighed, he was about 95 pounds when he came down the gangplank in San Francisco. And uh, his mom and dad were there. His engaged girlfriend who had waited four and a half years didn't see anybody else because I gave you a promise. I'll be here when you come back. If you come back. Carol's mother was the only one in the group that recognized him. His own mom and dad didn't know him. His girlfriend didn't know him. He lived with diseases from that in that camp experience the rest of his life. Never got rid of all the bugs in his intestines. But God hasn't called us to hand out death sentences. He needs some folks that likes to share good news with sinners. We got some good news. And I'm always trying to convince the saints. Is it good enough to share? Can your family make it or anything? Your mom and daddy are going to hell without this good news being believed and received. Are you telling them? Your neighbors, your children. You see, I got a bunch of unsaved grandchildren. I know. You think, oh, well, they're preacher's kids. Oh, no, no. Being a preacher's kid, more liable to go to hell. Sick of church. But I don't want them to be sick of Jesus. I want them to get beyond church and get to Jesus. I prayed for little AJ. He's one of my prayer projects. He's eight years old. He stays with his daddy one weekend, stays with his mom the other weekend. Daddy's got a live-in girlfriend. His mother has a live-in boyfriend. How, what's this eight-year-old supposed to make of everything? I'm just saying, don't let him get hurt. We're just saving him. Would you put your arms around a little brown boy that I call my grandson? I want him to go to heaven. He goes to Iwana because he loves the games, but he didn't like said through the lessons. I said, oh, no. But what's my phone every trip because he can he contact everybody. He's got all the rappers. He's got everybody. At eight, who's going to tell you family if you don't? Let me tell you why you shouldn't drag up. You fear the Lord. Two, his love's been poured out in your heart. You started out that way. Have you lost it? In the last days, the love of many will wax cold. Ephesus, you've left your first love. Laodicea, I'm going to spit you up because you've lost the boil. When he said they lost their zeal in the Greek, it's a word to boil. You no longer boil for me. You've become bored with God. Church is boring. The Bible's boring. The Spirit's boring. And you've been so long since you've had a good prayer meeting. You, you, you become bored with your You're having no experience. But you, uh, you can say you know a lot of doctrine. So what? So does the de- devil. 
What are you experiencing? Do you ever shed any tears crying over sinners? Then I just ask you, if you're going to be God's mailman, he's written good news. Don't tell him what's wrong with the church. Tell him what's right about Jesus. Tell him what's right about Jesus. Our Father, we're absolutely desperate before you. In this cold, cold age, some way would you turn up the temperature in this church. Turn it up in every heart. Turn it up in mind. Make us love you like we did at the beginning. Make us think you're worth everything, everything, everything that you are Lord, not us. That whatever you say dictates what we do. If we're quenching the Spirit, Lord, take us, get us off the air hose, get us off of it. May you be welcome to do whatever you want in this church. It's your church. You're the pastor. You're the head. You're the preeminent one. I'm not serving men. I'm serving a risen, crucified Savior. Jesus, we're all going to see you soon. We're all going to stand before you. May we live our lives so as not to bless on the day we see you. Forgive us for our murmuring, our being quiet. We talk about what we shouldn't talk about, and we're quiet about what we ought to be talking about, the gospel. God wants to save you, young lady. He wants to save you, young man. And he will not charge you for any of your sins if you believe in his son. I ask you, while you have your head bowed, I ask you this. Why are you serving? Ask, what are your motives? Two, I ask you this. Why are you not serving? Are you a bystander? Are you a critic of how the game's being played? But you're not involved? And thirdly, I ask, is there anybody here that you'd like to become a new creation? You'd like for your marriage, your life, your future to change today if you would but receive Christ in a moment before you leave this place today God can make you into a brand new creation and put you in Christ and put your sins forever behind you. This is God's gospel. I didn't make that up. That's what God has gone on record. And he's commissioned me to tell men, come, accept God's terms of reconciliation, which were my son will die in your place on the cross. Will you accept him? Accept him and you'll be reconciled to God. Today, if you want to be saved, if you want to be reconciled, we'll be in the front. Every other godly men and women, we're waiting for you. The next move is yours. God's done everything that needs to be done. The next move is yours. Come, come. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Come. Let us reason together. Come, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come, come. Jesus has come.
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Sin is heavy. Sin is terrible. Come. I'll take the load off and give you eternal life. Come. Oh, come. Come to Christ and be changed forever. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.